Hey folks, you're about to hear episode 98 of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, 9-8. I'm running a membership drive from now until episode 100, and I have a bunch of great news to share because several great things are happening all at once. Thanks to you folks supporting the show, and thanks to everybody who has come through and backed the show, backed the drive. First piece of good news is that there are several goals for the membership drive, and we just hit a new one. Thank you so much. Very excited about it. Because of the support of patrons who've come through and back the show, I get to commission a whole new piece of custom art that everybody who's a patron gets to enjoy. Artist Adam Coford is now making a special poster celebrating episodes 51 through 100. There's a different little character for every one of them. He previously did a poster for episodes 1 through 50. If you become a patron, you get that immediately. Adam's next poster will expand that universe, celebrate this show hitting episode 100 very soon. So that poster is on the way. I'll share a date when you can expect it as soon as I have a date. Next great news, I'm able to share a date for a live stream I'm doing for patrons. This is a stream of game show tips. If you don't know, I won the game show Jeopardy four times. I'm going to share wisdom about that, experiences about that. I think it's also just going to be a fun hang and fun, interesting stories. So if you have no interest in winning a game show, uh, it's still probably going to be a fun show to see. That live stream will be Saturday, June 18th at 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Saturday, June 18th, 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Info is on the Patreon. And then my other, other good news, your collective enthusiasm for this podcast means I can do a special live show of it in New York City. There is going to be the first ever New York City live show of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. And because it's at an amazing venue called Caveat in Manhattan... They have a wonderful live stream set up, and so this is going to be a live New York show that is also live streamed globally. So if you turned off your ears when I said it's live in New York, turn your ears back on. It's also worldwide, wherever you are. That show is also going to have an amazing lineup. They're all past guests of this podcast. I'm going to be joined by comedian Kath Barbadoro, defector writer David Roth, and comedian and writer Martin Urbano. That show is Saturday, July 9th at 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now for both the live event and the live stream. Tickets are on sale to everybody, and then also patrons get a very large discount if you go to the latest Patreon posts, or if you just ask me, I can give you the code for that Patreon discount if you're a patron. And yeah, I know this is a long message. There's just a lot of good news to cover, and I'm thankful to all of you for generating that much awesome stuff around this podcast and happening with this podcast. You're the best listeners in the world, and so that's why. That's the news. On with the show. Here comes episode 98. Tulips, known for being pretty, famous for being flowery. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why tulips are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guests today are Miles Gray and Anna Hosnier, 
two wonderful guests, two returning guests. Miles Gray is co-host of the Daily Zeitgeist with Jack O'Brien. Also, the NBA podcast Jack and Miles Got Mad Boosties. And Miles also co-hosts the podcast 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Just an absolutely wonderful person on mic, person to talk to. I'm so glad he's here. I am also so glad Anna Hosnier made extra taping time to do this. She co-hosts a show called Ethnically Ambiguous with other friend of the show, Shireen Lani Yunus. And Anna is also a super producer of many podcasts. She's also a frequent guest on The Daily Zeitgeist and Will You Accept This Rose and other shows, too. You know, she and Miles have many, many things to be doing. And so I'm really grateful they made extra time to do this thing about tulips. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Acknowledge Miles and Anna each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino Ortongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode, and today's episode is about tulips. I think it's self-explanatory. I think it's very summer, very blooming, you know? And it's the very first flower that we've ever done on the podcast. Please sit back or get yourself a tulip to celebrate the first flower show. We made it. We're here. It's happening. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Miles Gray and Anna Hosnier. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Anna, Miles, it is so good to have you both back on. And of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about tulips? I like them. Nice. I like flowers. <laughs> just oh, is this up and thumbs up or thumbs down on tulips? <laughs> like a Siskelly um, bird, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm uh, two two lips up for tulips, uh, for okay. sure. I like tulips. I think they're beautiful flowers. I like Dutch history. I don't know that features heavily with Dutch history. <laughs> yeah, and also the favorite one of the first exotic joints that I rolled in high school was a tulip joint. Oh, okay. Yeah, or like a rose joint. I know, and I know this might sound completely foreign to you, Alex. But yes, that's a, it was just a, it was just this thing you would Isn't roll it? on like at the end of a magazine subscription card, so it looked like an actual tulip with a stem. I was about to ask, yeah, if it's like a shaped thing. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Great. <laughs> next time, next time you're around, man, we'll bust a tulip. Nice, <laughs> Miles. This is a clean show, please. <laughs> and I, and this is the first flower i've ever done for a, a topic on the the show there have been like plants with flowers it turns out potato plants have amazing flowers but this is the first like gardening Wait, episode a, like what yeah. do you mean like if you leave a potato and like let stuff grow out of it no it turns out like you know the potatoes under the ground it turns out there's a bush above the ground and it has like very pretty flowers if you just google potato flowers they're really pretty oh okay well, now yeah, I, now I know. whole another feature makes me want to farm potatoes. Yeah, but, uh, but tulips. Yeah, beautiful flower. Oh, no complaints about them. Very good. Oh, I feel like yeah, you kind of see these sprouting off a of old potato. That would make sense. Yeah, or I don't know. I mean, I think <laughs> that that shows you how well I keep my store my vegetables in my house. <laughs> oh wow, they're gorgeous. <laughs> but and uh, and with the tulips here, do either of you garden? I do not garden, but I'm, I'm curious if you do. Mm, nah. 
Yeah. I like to. <laughs> don't need to. You liked it? I, I don't have like a garden outdoor space, but I have a bunch of plants inside that are slowly taking over my life. Oh, yeah. You have indoor plants. I can't for the life of me. I remember like recently I, I got like a free herb kit to grow like your own peppers and shit. I did not <laughs> absolutely failed catastrophically at trying to do that. So, no, I'm not I'm not as I don't have a green thumb. No. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my dad's a big gardener, so I grew up around it. He loves gardening. It's like his favorite hobby. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom is a big cacti person. Like, her front yard is just inundated with, like, succulents and cacti that she just, like, propagates from, like, her friend's houses. And she's like, you can make more (laughs) from this one. I was like, okay. I can't even see the front door anymore. But, yeah, you know, there's some plant love in the family. That's nice, yeah. That we we had a little garden growing up, and I really didn't like weeding, and I think that turned me off of plants somewhat. Mm. But I, that's that's nice if you're into it. That's good. Wait, did you have really? a lot of a lot of plants in your yard? No, just my my mom would do flowers every spring, like when the burpee catalog came. But the, then it would be part of our job as little kids to weed, like the what? remove that. The what? Oh. With the what catalog? It's it's a company called Burpee. Uh-huh. B-U-R-P-E-E, and they do seeds for stuff. And it sounds like that uh, that burpee workout or right, just burping. Right. Yeah. Wait, but I, I, you like put me onto like a cultural thing I had no idea. You're like, yeah, because when the burpee catalog <laughs> came, then you know what that means. It's time for the flower bed yeah. to go. Like, that, that was sort of yep. like the flow of your life? Yeah, that was what we had going on. Yeah. Oh, f- I okay. think they're still in business. I don't know. But they would like time the one catalog per year with the seasons, you know? Right. It was great. Oh, nice. That's like before online shopping, it was like, send them a catalog, convince them. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, East Bay, that was my my favorite catalog. And and then also I learned a lot about uh, girls' fashion because of the Delia's catalog that uh, all the kids in my school would freak out about whenever that came out. <laughs> well, and, uh, and I think we can get into some stats and numbers about these flowers, about tulips. And on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called, If you want to listen to Civ Pod, you got to get with my stats. Make them last forever, because numbers never end. And that name was submitted by Megan Moraga. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to Civ Pod on Twitter or to at gmail.com. Thank you, Megan. Great. All right, Megan. Speaking of catalog times, right? Mm-hmm. Spice Girls. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was like, if only we could go back to those times somehow. <laughs> when the, the first number here is 90%. And 90% is about how many of the world's tulips are grown in the Netherlands today. And National Geographic, they cited that in 2021. This is like the flower industry. 90% of it is the Netherlands. Whoa. Yeah. Is there another country that has like, that is like dominating one flower like that? Not that I've heard of. Yeah. I would, I would like to do this topic more. So I find out, but it's, it's kind of the rare flower in the world where you really, really associate it with one place mm-hmm. and especially a small place. The Netherlands is not that big. I don't know. They feel Dutch. Something about it. Tulip. <laughs> Feels Dutch. It's, it's a simple, it's a simple flower, you know, like a, for, for the simple people. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, I think the, I think the Netherlands is a beautiful place. But yeah, I don't know. It, it it is. I honestly don't think I think of another place being more with one 
like are a flower being associated with a place as much as a tulip with Holland because anything else yeah I don't know what's America corn yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe sunflowers right oh yeah I mean well well I guess California poppies oh yeah poppies in California well, that's, that's our state thing. flower yeah so that, but that's like yeah. what I always think about California poppies but poppies exist outside of California right yeah yeah. Like that's what they wear, like in Remembrance Day, that like from the fields of Flanders from World War One, you see like a Remembrance poppy people wear in Europe. Yeah. So just always keep them on deck, and you have a flower for all occasions. Mm-hmm. But you're not supposed to pick okay, them; I'm it's gonna... illegal. So please. Oh, damn it! <laughs> you will be arrested. <laughs> you can't even. Can you buy them at the store? What do you mean you can't pick them? You mean off pick somebody's them? yard? Poppies is illegal. I just remember as a child, we would pick them. My mom would be like, "You're gonna go to jail." <laughs> Oh, that's and interesting. Be like, what? Oh, and that's how I learned it. There's like a whole San Francisco Chronicle out like article, kind of debunking this, or it's like, like it says, no, it's not illegal to pick a California poppy, uh, but it says, why does everyone think it is? But so I clearly, thought it is if it's in a state or federal park or whatever. Oh, it says something most Bay Area residents have been told never to do is not technically illegal. So that's like some upstate lore that you've been experiencing. There you go. Because we were sloppy down here. We just ripped them out of the ground. I would still be careful. Yeah. No, that's not true. I I would definitely. I'm going to think twice next time I see a beautiful field after a super bloom. Because that's the (laughs) other thing. You see people at the super bloom whenever they have them like in Antelope Valley. People are picking those poppies. Yeah. And trampling them. So, yeah, maybe there's not enough respect for them. Yeah, I've been one time and we're pretty sure we saw somebody taking some and we were real mad at them. But, you know, it was just a field. Nobody was watching. Yeah, exactly. And that's, but see, that's the kind of thinking that, that's how we end up where we are. <laughs> Nobody's watching. And with like special flowers for a place, I'm thinking of maybe chrysanthemums, like for parts of East Asia. But even then those grow other places too. Like, yeah. like I, I don't, they're, they're regional flowers, but this might be the biggest one. And yeah. we'll talk about how that came to be. Yeah. Chrysanthemums, yeah, but also, yeah, big in like Japanese like iconography for sure but then like you can go see them elsewhere it's not limited yeah exactly like yeah look great branding again for for the dutch (laughs) 10 out of 10 when the the next number is from the atlantic it is 4.3 billion that's with a b 4.3 billion is how many tulip bulbs the dutch grow each year as of 2015 uh, and then about half of those bulbs get grown into flowers to be cut flowers. And then both the bulbs and the cut flowers are like sold and exported all over the world. Wow. So they're kind of the tulip supplier to the earth <laughs> at this point. Wow. Turns out there's a cold chain that's any series of refrigerated containers and facilities that they can just move cut tulips all over the world through. They try to get it from farm to shop within 48 hours. And then also in the floral industry, apparently each day a flower is being shipped, it loses 15% of its value is their rule of thumb. So this is like a massive, huge carbon footprint operation to like get flowers all over the world. So what's the typical, so you're saying there's a whole, there's all this infrastructure built to keep the flowers looking as fresh as possible as they travel well, uh, are is anybody in the U.S. even realistically getting a forty-eight hour cut tulip? They could be, especially just with if it's put on a cargo plane, flown over on the East then, Coast. 
delivered. Yeah, I guess yeah so. maybe in a big city, especially. Oh. But uh, a lot of floral stores are trying to get flowers locally now instead of doing all that because it's just a better way to go. Right. Yeah. Plus, you can. Sounds like you can grow them anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and also the next number here is about four thousand. About four thousand is the approximate number of modern tulip varieties. Oh. There are tons of kinds, and National Geographic says they come in basically every color except blue. It's very hard to make a blue flower. Uh, if you see a tulip that's blue, it's probably more of a purplish, and and it's not quite that thing. Wait, you said the only color is blue? No, you can't do blue. Can't do blue. I know. I'm yeah. saying the only color they can't do is blue. That's the only yeah. one. And there are black that's tulips. With a bunch of flowers. Black mm-hmm. tulips, they can do. Yeah. 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 I have a ton of black tulips on uh, Animal Crossing. You do? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> do you, what do you I actually do? have you blue cro- tulips on Animal Crossing, too, so I think that's a little interesting. Wait, that can we you can't sell them? them? You should what? sell them on Animal Like, yo, who else got blue tulips? I'm not selling them, Miles. They're part of my garden at my home oh, on my island. I, I, I need to get into Animal Crossing so I know how the economy works. Because half the time it's like acorns or whatever Tom Nook is selling. I don't know. I thought maybe you well, got blue tulips. Based no, on the information I'm learning, diversify. They're quite coveted, and I had to grow them. <laughs> okay. Dang. God. Wait, but how do you make a black tulip? That's so. Uh, this is all. It's a process, fig- and if you water the black tulip enough, it turns gold. Okay. Can cool. we talk about Animal Crossing? Actually, way more interesting. Flower politics of Animal Crossing. Yeah. I'm like, because well, okay, tell me this, Alex. With your regular ass tulips, can you water a black one and it turns gold? No, not even. Advantage Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you also said you can't get blue tulips in the real world? No. Advantage Animal Crossing. Okay, so I feel like we should shift a little bit over here to Tom Nook's part of the world. <laughs> right. Like, and who's the president in the real world? Not Tom Nook. That's what I thought. Okay, right? Advantage Animal Crossing. Well, Tom Nook is, I wouldn't say he's the most progressive figure. Oh, no. He's definitely a scammer. Um, I okay, did Google well, blue tulips. It. And you're right. They do all just kind of have a purple edge. There's no good, like, like you don't, you don't see, like, a baby blue tulip, really. What? Wait, why is yeah. it so hard? Alex, why is it so and hard? It, yeah, it, tur- it turns out the general answer is that it's hard to make, like, any blue flowers, or at least varieties of flowers that aren't usually blue. Uh, apparently there are growers who've been trying to generate blue roses for many years they just can't make it happen they can get to purple wow um, and so then people you know see all these varieties of all these different flowers and want a blue one uh, and then they can't get it so then they're just frustrated wow oh i mean i guess that kind of makes because like wasn't like indigo like one of the most coveted dyes like early on yeah so blue is just one of those things that it, it's like it's like rare, even though I feel like it's the most con- like between our ideas of the sky or water um, actually doesn't occur that much in, na- in nature. Um, and I'm sorry to yeah, bring that up right. again, but I do have blue roses on Animal Crossing. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> sorry, and, sorry, sorry. Wait, hold on. What happens when you water those? Do they change? Or... No, they just stay beautiful. <laughs> That's fine. The because black again, ones I'm... are the only ones that turn gold. Because from what I just heard, Alex, you cannot get blue roses on Earth. Cannot. And then, Anna, you just said you can get them from you for the Lolo on Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm not um, 
Well, we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, advantage Animal Crossing hit again. <laughs> That's next time we do this topic is turnips. We make some real money, right? Yeah. Then we get some. Then, we, then, then we're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turnip NFTs with Tom Nook. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and tulips too. Like they're almost cartoon flowers in my head. They're just such typical flowers, and they're such a bright color, and it it just feels like it makes sense. Yeah. And so then people will get upset when they just can't be blue in real life. And I'm going to link a piece from the Toronto Star. This is somebody's story of attending a flower show in Philadelphia. But they said that they attended a flower show in Philadelphia. They saw a bunch of blue tulips there. And then they like basically bugged every Dutch guy who was running it because it was Dutch people running it. They were like, why are they blue? How are they blue? How did you do it? And one of them admitted that they had dyed the tulips blue mm. because the organizers of this Philly event wanted a set of tulips in American flag colors. And so under pressure from them to do U.S. patriotism stuff, they faked some blue tulips at a show. That that feels very appropriate. Wow. (laughs) I need my red, white, and blue tulips. Wow, just dying. That's, again, you know, I don't think in Animal Crossing, you don't dye them, correct? You just they occurred okay so you just have to plant certain flowers next to each other and water them a lot to get their like color offspring got it so i mean alex i feel like they should have just done this well, i think that's what they yeah. try to do but they can't oh right 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 <laughs> there's limits to this i guess what do you do you, it's like that old celery experiment that you do like when you're in elementary school where you put the celery in the food dye to, to see it's like vascular oh. system like pull the food dye up like yeah. is that what they're i wonder if that's what they're doing like they or I don't know, like, I know you can shock other plants with, like, cold uh, temperatures to get them to change colors. But, yeah, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I feel like those people who asked for fake blue tulips, they were missing the just interesting process of gardeners gradually crossbreeding plants over time and making them colors that way. Like, that's right. really cool. But they were like, no, fake one fast for me real quick. Yeah. (laughs) I don't appreciate the red or white tulips we've generated over time either. (laughs) Please, blue. Only blue for Uncle Sam. (laughs) The last number is May 2017. And May 2017 is the time when a moose snuck into a Canadian botanical garden and ate their red and white patriotic tulip display. So this is kind of a Canadian version. Uh, There was, uh, in July of 2017, they celebrated the 150th anniversary of Canadian Confederation. That's Canada Day, July 1st. And so previous October, workers at a botanical garden in Newfoundland planted some red tulip bulbs and white tulip bulbs to, like, get a patriotic thing. And then a few weeks before that, a moose came in and ate all of them. So no display. I mean, how can you protect against a hungry moose, honestly? Yeah, I just it doesn't know they should have put I mean, honestly, that's on that's on them for not giving the the protecting their bulbs, um, <laughs> protecting their their sense of patriotism, I guess. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to think of, like all the time they put in like October, <laughs> like, yo, a moose just ate all the tulips. Uh, yeah, well, that's the way of life, you know? Yeah, just got it. <laughs> It, look, you can never you can never predict the future, honestly. So I guess we just live for for the moments that they were there. 
till that moose came along. <laughs> yeah, it is like we forget that these common garden flowers are like plants and that the rest of the ecosystem can just come eat them sometime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and these guys, Alice Obscura says these guys came to work. They saw several ransacked flower beds mm-hmm. with bulbs yanked up and leaves chewed to the ground. And in a Facebook post, the staff said they were upset, but also said, quote, how bloomin' Canadian is that? End quote. <laughs> how bloomin' Canadian is, is that? I think they're trying to do like a flower yeah. pun with bloomin' and then uh-huh. also like, oh, they're look Canadian. how Canadian a moose destroyed it. We're Canadian. Just yeah. getting way into it, you know. We're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of me, though. Even when I was like, bloomin' Canadian is that? I'm like, from my toxic American perception, I'm like, what are you, like a human? And that like made you, that tickled your fancy rather than getting like so aggro. You didn't go on a moose hunt right after to, you know, restore the honor of your flower bed. That was like my first thought. Oh, right. It is pretty Canadian, though. I mean, the fact that they handled it with a good attitude. You don't see that much these days. Yeah, not here. But Canada. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that moose would have been hung up to dry. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It would have been like Moose Burger Day, yeah. like in that town, like in a, if it was yeah. in America. They're like, and we ate the moose <laughs> to show it a lesson, to teach the other future moose what happens when you mess around near Canada Day with our custom bulbs. It's like it's like the transitive property or whatever. Like the flowers got eaten by the moose and then the moose got eaten by us. So now we have the flowers back right, inside of exactly. us. We mm-hmm. won. <laughs> <laughs> and we will use it. We will fertilize these flower beds once more. To, to fully complete the cycle. <laughs> now, that's blooming efficient. <laughs> when, uh, and there's two main takeaways here for the main episode. Let's get into them with takeaway number one. Tulips are a Central Asian flower that's been propagated worldwide. Oh, so that's where they stem oh. from. <laughs> Sorry, ah, stem. I'm stem crazy. From. I'm crazy. <laughs> hey. uh, no, but uh, yeah, seriously. That's where they're from. <laughs> Seriously, so they stole yes. that from Asia? <laughs> yeah, that's where wow, they Wow, Holland, really? Okay, Netherlands, really keeping with the theme here. We take things from other places. <laughs> they're ours now. And actually, this has been ours. Now we make 90% of them. Huh. Yeah, that I, I find it amazing that like we're correct about the modern situation where tulips are super Dutch, but that's only been a phenomenon for the past 400 years, 500 years. Before that, oh. this was a like, characteristically Central Asian and West Asian flower and from the mountains up there. And what happened? Like, was it some through empire exploration? How do they go from Asia into to, to Holland? Like, who, do we know who the, who brought the, who brought the tulips to the Netherlands? Yeah. It's like, it's a progression of a few groups of people. Yeah. And, uh, and key sources here, there's a book simply called Tulip. It's by writer and lecturer Celia Fisher. Also, Peace for National Geographic by Muhammad Muhaysen. Peach East for JSTOR Daily by Matthew Wills. And Peace for Smithsonian Magazine by Lorraine Bosonois. Oh. But uh, the, the starting point of tulips is mountainous regions of Central Asia. In particular, a range called the Tian Shan Mountains, which is mostly modern-day Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan, and then the Pamir Alai Mountains, which is mostly modern-day Tajikistan. Tulips, they, they grow well in many climates and regions of the world, but they started out as like wild mountain flowers uh, mm-hmm. up in the mountains mm-hmm. of Asia. Okay. So right. was, I'm assuming, some 
explore colonizer person went out and was like, this cute. And then brought it back to their leaders and they were like, go bring back more. Colonize. The flower. It's like, it's a little more positive, I guess I'd call it. Like it was much more of a thing where people in that region loved tulips and brought them places, especially Turkey and especially India. And then mostly through like trade and imperialism comes into play too. But it was more of a like... Everyone got enthusiastic about tulips and brought them from place to place to place. So yeah, it was about the it was about the the real art first before the profits. Oh. They just loved the flowers first before it got muddied by. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Start making money off of these. Yeah, yeah, like the cash really gets going after a while. But uh, we'll have pictures linked for people, and also I dropped them in the chat just now. There's. Ton, as I said in the numbers, there's thousands of varieties of tulips, and we still have some of the wild mountain kinds, and there's pictures of them in, in my resources. Those look actually kind of cooler than, like, the very, I feel like, super symmetrical, pleasant, like, idea that I have of a tulip. These wild ones, I I actually just, I like these now. I think <laughs> these are, like, the original <laughs> concept of the tulip before they became, like, commercialized. And like beautified, right. and and in Eurofied, yeah, yeah. I'm always we're always going to take it back to that. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at a picture of it's called Tulipa forganica, and then another one called Tulipa sogdiana that are up in mountains and and kind of arid places. And yeah, they're sort of multicolored. Like it's a different um, petal pattern and shape than I'm used to. It's I I agree. It feels less like mechanized down to a one color little right little geometric like, thing yeah because like you were saying like the idea of like even our concept of a two i feel like it's one of the easiest flowers to draw you know it's like yeah, yeah it's this <laughs> cup shape great and that's a tulip like whereas other ones you're like i don't have the skill or dexterity to draw that whereas these feel very i don't know they got a little edge to them the natural ones in the wild yeah totally yeah and then if uh, if people want to see uh contrast there too also have there's a type called Tulipa gesneriana that's nicknamed the garden tulip because it's what we're used to. And it's it's a, it's a really surprising difference seeing the two. I know that's all visual, but right. uh, the, the point is like these wild tulips have been crossbred and hybridized in a bunch of ways to become the flower we have now. And you can still see the old ones. Right. So you do like a tiger or a house cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they both have their value, you know? And there's also, I think a lot of people know that tulips sprout from bulbs. Like there's a bulb under the ground and then a tulip comes up. And part of the reason is that these tulips are from mountain ranges and especially dry mountain ranges in Central Asia. Apparently when the harsh summer drought comes along, the flower part of a tulip will die off. But then the bulb just stays under the ground dormant and then grows another flower when there's moisture again. So that's that's part of why tulips have bulbs in the first place is they come from like a dry mountainous region. I don't know anything about flowers. So, so that's uh, like how well, what's the most of our flowers are not bulb based, I'm guessing. Yeah, these are tulips are pretty much an annual plant because there's a bulb under the ground year round and then it will form a new bulb and also form a flower. And that's kind of the life cycle of it. But Got a lot of other it. flowers, you just plant a seed, and tulips can also be spread through seeds. Right, right, right. Got it. But then 
the living organism that they transport will be the bulb to be like, okay, you can, you can invest in this now because it will give you flowers later. Yeah. Yeah. They come like packaged in a little bulb that's super easy to transport and plant somewhere else. Yeah. So that's part of them spreading easily without like just wars or something causing it is that people can just pick up a bulb and trade it like anything else. Right. (laughs) Not just wars. There we go. That's a fun phrase. (laughs) Not just wars. Other stuff. That's cool. How easy you can just move it. Yeah, like just people would get sacks of bulbs and throw them on a ship and then bring the sack somewhere else, you know? Right. It's very easy to transport and do stuff with. Bulb on. And then uh, there's also an amazing thing where we are still discovering new species of wild tulips. Um, Celia Fisher in her book says that botanists discovered a variety they named Tulipa cinnabarina in the year 2000, and it was in the Taurus Mountains in southern Turkey, Then other botanists found a new species in Albania in the year 2010. There are just so many kinds, and most of them are up in high places, the wild ones. So it's there's like new tulip news in the world. Right. Oh. That's pretty cool. Isn't that like, what is it? I feel like that's like a scene in a movie, but I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that like some inescapable chase to go to like the highest elevations to see if you can find like a new kind of tulip. (laughs) <laughs> uh but, but i man i mean that's where you gotta go yeah if you want the new new you gotta but go I mean, and risk your life for it based on what <laughs> i'm hearing i can catch blue tulips on animal crossing so yeah. you might not have to go to deadly elevations to see things you have not seen in nature before <laughs> but i get it to each their own you know <sighs> to each their own <laughs> see you on animal crossing <laughs> yeah get these Let's bulbs now here's my here's my uh switch id hit me up mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like man i can't find my switch id i'm just gonna climb a mountain forget it that's easier <laughs> uh, seems chiller the person that found is like oh i would have just gone on animal crossing but i couldn't find a usb-c charger so it's dead and i gotta go up this i gotta go to the azores or something to go somewhere new to try and find these bulbs See, that's not in asia so i guess he wouldn't find them there <laughs> when, uh, and yeah and then these tulips like people in central asia just got excited about them and spread them and apparently there are records of tulip cultivation in istanbul as early as the year 1055 and that was back when it was called constantinople but uh the ottoman empire becomes one place that really spreads tulips their leader, Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II, was a big fan. He had 12 royal gardens staffed by 920 people, and tulips were one of the main things they grew. Um, and then when he conquered Constantinople, made it Istanbul, he ramped up tulips there. Uh, and then his successor, Suleiman, commissioned a lot of tulip art across the empire, also had tulips embroidered on his robes and his battle armor. Right. There was, like there's a tulip festival out there. Oh, in Turkey? Oh, in, uh, in Istanbul? Istanbul, yeah. Cool. Oh. Or somewhere in Turkey. Maybe it's not directly Istanbul. But no, actually, I think it is Istanbul. Because it wouldn't be Ankara. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I think they have oh. a tulip festival. But also they have, like, you know, beautiful flowers around the, like, uh, the mosques and stuff, so. Oh, cool. Like, like planted flowers or art of flowers? Yeah, yeah. Like, they have, like, really yeah. great, like, just gardens. Like, beautiful gardens around the mosques and stuff that you can walk through. Oh, that sounds great. I've never been there. Yeah. 
I mean, it's funny, like when you think like, oh, everything was spread through like Constantinople and it's like it makes sense because like everything had to go through Constantinople. Like, everything had to go through there, basically. So <laughs> that's why there's that song. Which one? Yeah. The Constantinople. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but remember? Like yeah, that, that they might song. be giant song like Istanbul was Constantinople. That thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, there, uh, I didn't. I feel like that was a song I heard other kids sing, but I hadn't. That was a They, they Might Be Giants song. It I don't was, know about yeah. that, but oh, I guess so. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. Make, always making hits for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> that totally makes sense that there are like tulip festivals out there. And, and really until the 1600s or so, the Dutch are not the main tulip place. It's modern Turkey and like countries near there. Uh, apparently from 1718 to 1730, that period of Ottoman history is called the Tulip Era because their ruler, Sultan Ahmed III, held so many tulip festivals and built so many tulip gardens. Uh, until he was deposed in a revolution, his administration was famous for like 12 years of tulips all the time. Whoa, okay. It's Those a big vibes. tulip place. Yeah. Yeah. Just like was the did they did they when the when he was overthrown did they allow the tulips to remain or was this a tulip based uh, <laughs> coup? I think they they were like they're nice but that's enough you know uh, right like, like we have some problems <laughs> that we need to solve within the land it's like yeah but these yeah. tulips are so nice let's <laughs> uh, just think of some some more ways to incorporate tulips around the place yeah. <laughs> And then uh, another big spreader of these was the Mughal Empire, which was in uh, the northern part of what's now India. And in the 1500s, that dynasty was founded by a lord in Afghanistan named Babur. And he decreed that any cities he conquered should build gardens and specifically plant tulips in them. Uh, and then his great-grandson, Jahangir, ramped up tulip planting, and he also, like, wrote poetic stuff about the cities of their empire being, quote, lighted by the torches of tulips, end quote. Oh. So that's a whole other empire, like, coming down from Central Asia saying, you got to see these flowers. Like, these are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what is going... I mean, I guess this makes sense. Like, what was the what was the flower game like at that point? Like, people only had, like, daisies and stuff? Like, so you're truly like, oh, my God, this thing is purple. <laughs> like, that. I guess it was yeah. a low bar at the moment. But I get it. They're beautiful. But I guess that means everything else was not even coming close to the beauty of a tulip. <laughs> I think the idea is you'd walk up and be like, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, it's a flower. Gorgeous. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Like, for, you don't you don't know it's a flower. It's like, oh, my God, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> It's a you flower? Think, okay. You think there's sorcery in this um, around, you know? You think, what sorcerer right. brought this piece of colored plant right. matter to our home? That's why everyone was very dramatic back then, you know? Right. <laughs> They're like, it's a tulip fool. <laughs> All right. That's what you see. I see an opening, a portal, perhaps, to another world. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly okay you've never yeah, seen a green tulip come on now you're brand new <laughs> yeah before people had tv they had to invent their own drama yeah. like ah yeah yeah oh yeah that's like my mom <laughs> she she invents her own drama like she sees a she'll see a, a possum 
and she projects oh. a whole life story onto the things like and i love that possum because of the things it went through and i'm like you have no way of verifying this and this is kind of freaking me out because you're saying stuff about my life and saying this happened to this possum but the possum's <laughs> father came to school during track the track meet. and uh buster rhymes was playing and you're like what hold on you're telling the story about when my dad told me he was splitting up with you well, oh, that possum had a tough life, and we really need to care for it. It this should live possum. in your old room. <laughs> this, possum, <laughs> this possum was half squirrel, and it was a very contentious time for <laughs> mixed species rodents and marsupials. And I was like, wait, hold on. That's not even what you're even talking about is not possible, Mom. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I believe that's what this possum has been going through. <laughs> Hey, Miles, the Lakers are on. Do you and the possum want to watch? No, he's not automatically into my teams. I don't get your it. Your brother, the possum, would like to come to your wedding. What? Mom. How are you going to... How do you... What do you mean there's no... I really noticed that you didn't ask what your brother wanted to eat for the meal. Uh, okay, garbage or cat food? Uh, well, he's vegetarian, and if you... It even took a second to know him better. You wouldn't have made such a terrible faux pas. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think people really were thrilled with these things. It's like like good entertainment does not exist yet. Oh, flowers. That's entertainment. Right. And uh, and then from here, like the other other empire to spread these two lips is the Dutch. Uh, through imperialism and also trade and, and everything in between. And according to JSTOR Daily, the Dutch initially viewed tulips as a very Turkish flower, like before they took it on and, and co-opted it. And also the English name tulip comes from what the Dutch changed the name to. Oh. Uh, it, the Latin genus name tulipa comes from the Turkish word tulban, which apparently is a word for a turban. And then that's a separate word from the Turkish word for what a tulip is. But Europeans name the tulips after like the shape of a turban of the Turkish people bringing them these these flowers. Oh. Whoa. And you said the original name was Dua Lipa? <laughs> I heard that I too. I heard Dua Lipa too. Say, hold on. <laughs> Is she ripping oh, off the, even her name for a Dua flower? Lipa. Wasn't enough with that one song. Wow. Okay. So Dua Lipa. But yeah. it, wait, what was it? But what was the word? The original word that meant turban? Tulipa. Celia Fisher's book says the Turkish word tulban, T-U-L-B-A-N, which might be pronounced differently. I apologize if I got it wrong. Sure. But they they turned that into tulipa in Latin. And then it was tulp in Dutch and tulip in English. And every time I say tulipa, I, th I think about tulipa. It's, yeah, it really, it's really sticky. Yeah. <laughs> she's, got it's a a big, she's got a big branding opportunity here. Yeah. <laughs> Is she into tulips? No, I'm very curious. Where's Dualipa from? Oh, she's English. Yeah, if she wanted to sell like Dualipa seeds or bulbs or something, that would probably go pretty good. That would, that would oh, good. yeah. Dualipas, tulipas? <laughs> They're. Come on, I mean, like if like everybody, she's she's on the top of the charts right now, so maybe she, it'll be a while till we see her pivot to tulip bulbs. But <laughs> to dulipas, yeah, to dulipas, <laughs> she lobbies heavy to be like these are no longer called tulips, they're dulips. <laughs> 
Linda. And yeah, and then today the tulip is like world famous as a Dutch flower. And there are major tulip gardens and festivals everywhere from Canada to Michigan to the uh, province of Victoria, Australia. But uh, but yeah, again, that's recent. Like until about 500 years ago, tulips originated in Central Asia. And then JSTOR Daily has a bunch of quotes from Europeans who called tulips strange and called them foreign when they first arrived in the Netherlands, even though now we we just think of it as the flower there. Wow. This is... Mm. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because I now I'm like remembering more things, right? Like even in Japanese culture, like hanami, like like when the cherry blossoms bloom is like a thing you do. It's just to be like, and we're going to look at the flowers bloom. And you're right. That as the more I think about, it, I'm like, yeah, that actually was TV because because we were in nature more rather than looking at screens. And then like thinking of all the people, how wowed they were by tulips like kind of makes sense for why like that whole tulip mania nonsense went down in the netherlands yeah that's part of it yeah they're basically like oh these are like nfts <laughs> they're like you seen these things you're like hold on hold on you're speculatively buying a lot of this stuff and it's unsustainable but i get it, it was the new cool thing <laughs> all right off of that we're going to a short break followed by the big takeaways see you in a sec Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. <laughs> well, and that uh, that leads perfectly into the other main takeaway for the episode. Because here we go into takeaway number two. There was a real Dutch tulip craze, <laughs> and after the fact, some people have exaggerated it for their own purposes. Interesting. Which I was also surprised to learn. Like I. When when I was looking at tulips as a topic, the Dutch were like the first thing I thought of. And it's a real phenomenon that happens. But also there have been claims about it by other people for their own purposes. So it's sort of a myth, too. Wait, what do you what, what claiming what about about like what happened with the like tulip bubble that popped in, in Holland? <laughs> yeah, mainly mainly the scale of it. Like there are some people oh. who recorded it as like completely sinking the entire Dutch economy and it was mo it was mostly just a problem for 
the group of some richer people who got in on it in the first place. Dude, this is crypto. That is also a thing that comes up often. Uh, and, and like when I hear about this stuff, like there was a parody Twitter account of a guy pretending to be like a Dutch trader of EFT tulips, you know, like or <laughs> NFT tulips. Like, uh, what is happening? The tweet was, I'll, I'll link it. The tweet is, I've been hacked, all my tulips worthless, Dutch East India Company, please help me. <laughs> Which is a funny joke, but it's, it's you know, it's uh, right. mocking this thing that uh, people tie it to. I am shocked by any of, by all of this. What, well, what like, is it, happening? They were so into the bulbs, people were just buying them for the most ridiculous prices, and it was just driving yeah. the cost of tulips. So there was a tulip, tulip bulbs. bubble? Yes. That crashed? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like one of the, I feel like, isn't That's, it like one of the earliest bubbles we talk about or like we can even conceptualize like from our modern idea of economies? Yeah, let's lay out the, the story of it. Because yeah, also it's not known by everybody. And uh, it's a lot of the same source of the first takeaway. Also stuff from Lapham's Quarterly and the Paris Review. You had this progression where tulips start to arrive in Europe in the 1500s. Apparently, the first recorded shipment of tulip bulbs to Europe is 1562, when a boat with a lot of fabric also like threw in a bag of tulip bulbs as like an extra thing. And so that was 1562. And then within 100 years, there is an entire economic bubble around the price of tulip bulbs. And then also it crashes. Uh, and this all happens in the Netherlands, like this new rich country in Western Europe. And uh, if people remember, if people remember the episode about the color orange, we talked about the Netherlands kind of starting at the same time in the mid 1500s. They revolted from Spain. They tried to become their own country, and their goal to stay independent was to do as much trade and build as much wealth as possible in order to be like rich enough to fight off anybody who tried to take them over again. And that mostly worked by the mid 1600s. According to University of Kansas business professor Mark Hershey, the Dutch had one of the highest standards of living in the world. Very, very rich country, partly by doing imperialism to places. Yeah, I was going to say they're pretty active abroad. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't all great money, uh, yeah. but uh, but they had it. And there uh, is a thing that is true with this story where people who had a bunch of disposable income in the Netherlands start buying and bidding up special tulip bulbs. Uh, and in particular, tulip bulbs, it, it sounds very NFT, but they wanted tulip bulbs that would have like a multicolored striped pattern on the petals. Uh, which comes from a specific virus that the bulbs can catch, and then they'll end up what's called striated. Uh, and I'll have a picture linked for people. I just put one in the chat too, but there was a variety called Semper Augustus. Oh, that's beautiful. That is now extinct, but was like the primary top tulip that the Dutch were after. Oh, like in that bubble, this was like the the hot item. This was the PS5 of tulips back then. Wow. Yeah, or like, or those board apes or whatever. This was the the top, top, top one you could get. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, okay. And I guess Semper it was Augustus. there was also like a little bit of entertainment, and you're buying a bulb, and you don't know exactly what striping you're gonna get, and so you're like, it's like the lottery. Like maybe I got a great one, maybe I got one that's just plain, and I'll be upset. It was gambling too, right? And then there was also like just like the same, just like anything the. 
the positive feedback loops that begin with people being like, oh, yeah, that is worth that. I'll pay that. And then it's like, and it's just like, what are you doing, folks? Yeah. Like the amount of money being spent is like absurd for for people, like given the cost of like other items at the time. Like they were really they thought they were dealing with gold. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, they there are records of one of these Semper Augustus bulbs selling for thirteen thousand Dutch florins, which was enough money to buy a nice house in Amsterdam. Jeez, Louise! One tulip bulb, uh, <laughs> and there's like... there's another record of one selling for what's recorded as the as six times the price of a ship. Whoa. So you could buy six boats, or you could buy this one bulb. Somebody did that. Okay, uh, that's something. That really yeah. is again like this kid <laughs> sold a JPEG for the for what if some person would sell on a house like it. Th- 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 yeah, I just whenever I see that comparison, I'm like, gosh, we I love how history just comes in th- this the same the same flavor, just in different shapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's even a, in 2013, there was a banker in the modern Netherlands. He was the former president of the Dutch Central Bank. And in 2013, he publicly criticized Bitcoin. And he mm-hmm. said, like, Bitcoin's a bubble. Don't get into it. And he specifically called it worse than the tulip craze because, mm. quote, at least then you got a tulip at the end. End quote. Like, yeah. th- like there is a flower at the end of this thing. Right. You know? It's like, good. oh, I bought one of those illiquid bulbs. Uh, there isn't there is no commodity behind it oh no yeah is it are tulips now like are they expensive do they still have their value now or have they completely plummeted i mean not to say that there's like a like they're the most expensive flower but like how do they even rank now they they rank pretty normally and yeah there's kind of a all the the nice news is that like so there was this crash in 1637. Tulip bulbs are no longer worth all this. But instead, now the Dutch economy, they make a lot of money on just like massive farming of tulips, which there actually right. is value in. Like they're just doing a scale of billions of bulbs and selling it for like an actual price that makes sense. Right. They found so their, they, their they actual found a good thing. Yeah. Their real value. They had a correction. Yeah. The market had a correction. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and that that crash, February 1637, people who had invested in tulip bulbs could no longer sell them for thousands of florins. And then the tricky part with this story for like understanding it and knowing the parts of it is that some people have exaggerated it. And one of them was a Scottish journalist named Charles McKay, who made a bunch of money writing and selling a book all about the tulip craze. But he did that in 1841, which is more than 200 years after the crash. And apparently most of his sourcing is not solid and some of the stories are made up. So that's one source of like myths about, again, this real thing, but it's been exaggerated. So, Right, right, right. So it's about in the middle, just more like, again, not that it devastated everyone, but the people who maybe got a little too into the tulip scene. That's right. Yeah. Like even the comparison to crypto or NFTs is interesting because that could end up being bigger scale or smaller scale. Like we don't really know. But if right. if that stuff ever like tanks the whole economy, it that's bigger. Like right. this this was just some people who did some dumb investing, and then got the it, Dutch kept being a country and everything. And uh, there's also another source of fake stories about it is zealous religious people of the time. Smithsonian says there were Dutch Calvinists of the 1630s 
who just thought all um, like trying to earn money was a sin, like it just wealth in general was sinful and vice. And so they put out pamphlets with made up stories about the tulip bubble, saying that like a sailor ate a valuable one and got thrown in prison for it and just a bunch of made up extra stories about this bad thing. Propaganda. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But it was for like puritanical Christian conservatism reasons. I see. <laughs> Jesus. And then this one ate a tulip and then worshiped the devil for the rest of his life. You don't want to get mixed up in that. Yeah. Yeah. And then some historians just saw these like, I don't know, like chick tracts or something about the tulip bubble and were like, oh, yeah, someone from the time wrote that down. It must be true. And then it just yeah. gets into the books, you know. Oh, God. Good luck for the, well, whatever, whatever they can find in the ashen remains of our society. <laughs> Uh, can imagine the things they'll assume to be true based on what was just said at the time. <laughs> the, all of that is um, bad. <laughs> I don't even understand what. What are we, that's a you know what? I just I cannot engage with these people's nonsense. <laughs> it's a gosh darn tulip. <laughs> well i mean I, but it's like at the time right it's all perspective like yeah i, who, I mean i can't even yeah. think i i thought i thought 3d tv was the coolest a couple of years ago uh, but you were like and or your parents weren't like miles is watching 3d tv that's a gateway drug well yeah they were i think so <laughs> That's true. <I'm> sure <laughs> my mom smashed it with a bat oh. she's like your possum brother told me is rotting your brain Right. He's trying to save you. He's trying to help you. Um, so we don't really talk about that much. Your I imagine you, I don't really know how 3D TV works, but I imagine you both with the little glasses, like a movie, yeah. but but his are a lot smaller, you know? Yeah. What well, the he has to hold his with his little possum hands. <laughs> they're too big. It's actually a really cute picture. Uh, me and my brother watching 3D TV. His are like those little Gen Z frames. <laughs> Just super thin. <laughs> They're trendy. Cool. Wow. Like, your where possum, did you find those? Your Gen Z possum bro is cool as hell, dude. I'm cool too. He's wearing no, like baggy check these glasses jeans. out. <laughs> check mine out. These are sick too. Oh, you're just trying too hard to be honest. Your possum brother does it so effortlessly. Oh my god, are those a new Salehi Bembry Crocs your possum brother's wearing? Dude, Such I saw your style. possum bro's TikTok. He's really popping <laughs> off on there. <laughs> <laughs> He's a way better dancer than you. Shut up. Did you see my post? I can do the slide. <laughs> Just look I, at it. <laughs> I don't have that tail. It's harder for me. It's harder yeah. for me. Okay. He's balancing. It's not fair. <laughs> you can't expect a human to dance like a marsupial. Just absurd notion. <laughs> uh, anyway, but tulips, yeah, absurd. Also. <laughs> episode for this week my thanks to miles gray and anna hostier for opening up about miles's sibling situation now we know very interesting anyway i said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now
If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is Dutch tulip bulb cuisines. Find out how people eat them. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of more than eight dozen other bonus shows and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring tulips with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, tulips are a Central Asian flower that's been propagated worldwide. Takeaway number two, there was a Dutch tulip craze and the story is a little bit overblown. Plus, tons more information on how tulips grow, how cut tulips get sold globally, which countries lost their tulip display to a moose, and more. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Miles Gray and Anna Hostier are both amazing podcasters. Miles is co-host of The Daily Zeitgeist with Jack O'Brien. Also, Anna is frequently on that show and is a super producer of that show. Miles also co-hosts Jack and Miles Got Mad Boosties, and I hope that is enriching your NBA Finals experience. And then Miles is co-host of 420 Day Fiancé with Sophia Alexandra. I hope that name makes sense to you. It's 90 Day Fiancé plus an enthusiasm for marijuana. Right? You can put this together. You know what 420 means. Great. And then Anna Hosnier is co-host of Ethnically Ambiguous, along with friend of the show Shireen Lani Yunus. She's also a frequent guest on shows like Will You Accept This Rose? And I'm just so glad they both showed up to this. Many, many shows that they do are linked in the episode links. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A book simply titled Tulip that's written by writer and lecturer Celia Fisher. Also used an amazing piece for Smithsonian Magazine by Lorraine Beausonois about the tulip fever. And then tons more material from the BBC, National Geographic, JSTOR Daily, The Paris Review. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>